Angelus said, You may encounter many defeats, but must not be defeated. Good evening, everyone. Happy uh, Sunday morning, I should say. Uh, this is Matt Medrano here with you on Something Tech and Something You, your newest EdTech podcast. Now, if we can turn back to the quote by Maya Angelou, I can definitely say that I have experienced this in education many times. It always came in the same form, the the lesson didn't work out the way I wanted it to, or maybe I didn't reach that kid that I desperately wanted to reach before they pulled them out of the school. Uh, but no matter, no matter how upset the situation made me, I was always reassured that I couldn't give up. I wouldn't allow myself to be crushed by these feelings that I had, uh, essentially because my grandmother was like, you're not giving up. Once again, everybody, you're listening to Something Tech, Something You. Now I'm just going to go ahead and go over what our layout is going to be whenever we're on the air. Uh, Usually, we're going to start with our opening quotes, as you heard earlier. Uh, Then we will follow up with our MVP, which stands for Most Valuable Practices. Uh, Very original, I know. Uh, Followed by our Hall of Fail, which features our favorite fail of the, I guess, uh, I was going to say week, but I guess it's two weeks. In addition, we will also be discussing the app suggestion of the week, uh, covering things we've used in our classrooms and also taking suggestions from the audience. Uh, And finally, we will be covering a contemporary issue in education, which will usually be discussed in two parts, uh, one being our discussion on the conversation, And me accepting comments from you uh, will be leading us into part two, where we will be going ahead and discussing the topic with a specialist or someone who has more of a background on the topic than I myself do. Because even though I'd like to think I know a bit, I know that I don't really know enough to be an expert, and that's okay. That's why we ask someone to help us out. Which brings us to our start. Uh, This is now our most valuable practices. And I'm going to go ahead and say these are our uh, what should lists. If you're integrating any sort of technology, the goal is to eventually get kids into habits and routines. And one of these routines should be students knowing where to look to find out what needs to be done. Uh, Hence the what should lists, what should be done. My personal favorite thing to do is to just put it up on the board, uh, usually on classroom screen or something similar to that, uh, Google slide. Uh, Classroom screen is, is, I'm going to take a moment to rant about this. Uh, It's a very nifty little tool. Uh, You should check it out. Essentially, it is a website. Uh, You go to classroomscreen.com. It's free to use, and you go there, and it gives you a variety of cute little widgets. Um, You can put a note up there, so you can write down what the directions are for your kids to do. You can put a timer up, a clock, a voice meter, I want to call it. Um, And that's actually another one of my favorite little functions that I use, so the kids can self-monitor their own behavior. Uh, I don't want to get too off track, so I'm going to get in and stop. But... Uh, on my board, it'll say on classroom screen uh, what should be done by the end of class and what should be done by the end of the week. Uh, 
under both of these sections, it's got expectations for where students should ideally be <laughs> and, and lets them figure out, hey, I should be ready to move on to this next so that I can get to assignment B, which is what I need to finish to make sure that I can turn in uh, assignment C and the quiz before, I, I don't know, Friday at 3 p.m. Uh, my order of thinking here is primarily for high school. Um, I don't want to misconstrue that uh, for everybody. Uh, this can be a simple touch point for middle school. Uh, you could say something to the effect of, uh, don't forget your presentation is due Thursday, um, so your background knowledge slide is due Tuesday, and so on. Uh, for elementary schools, I would envision that what should lists uh, are going to look a little different. Um, what should be done lists wouldn't apply, rather, um, it would probably be what are we doing together lists, where the teacher holds on to most of the pacing. Speaking of pacing, I tend to move at a million miles an hour, and I, I, I do forget to do things, um... God bless my kids. God bless my students. They really, they keep me, keep me sane, and they keep me organized. Which sounds strange, the kids teaching, keeping the teacher organized, but it, it's true. Um, they will remind me, like, hey, you forgot to do this. And I'm like, well, thank God I, we did systems and routines so that you remember, because I didn't. Um, which brings us to our first moment in the Hall of Fail. <sighs> Forgetting to switch to student-led. Uh, I want to be clear like, that that is my fail moment. Forgetting to switch to student-led. And I'll explain more what that means here in a sec. A lot of the tools that... Um, and apps that I use have an option for a teacher-led and student-led. And sometimes I want students to do it completely on their own, and so I'll never usually have to worry about switching it over to teacher-led. Um, however, I forget that sometimes I've kept something locked into teacher-led. And I again, I'll, I'll forget that maybe I had something locked into teacher-led when my directions to my kids were to keep going once they were finished with the first question. Now, I imagine a lot of them uh, were looking at me like a madman, uh, but it was extremely helpful when I had one student, uh, D Denise, tell me in the nicest possible way, you know, we can't do anything. <laughs> it's locked. Uh, so just know that when you're launching anything, always test it out and just be aware of what version or mode you have turned on. Because the last thing you want is uh, students getting frustrated, not just with technology, but also with you, uh, just because they can't move on. Uh, it really does bring down morale and just impacts the pace and flow of your classroom. Um, or, I mean, even worse, you, like, you don't want to waste time in class because your students sat there for five minutes uh, afraid to ask you a question because, you know, they thought they maybe, maybe they were doing something wrong. Uh, so long story short, uh, check double check and check again <laughs> make sure the correct settings are on and that if you want it to be on student-led that it's on student-led 
which uh, actually that works out nicely. I wasn't explicitly thinking about this, but again, this works out. Uh, Pear Deck, a lovely add-on to Google Slides, is one of those pretty little tools that I have forgotten to turn the correct mode on. <laughs> now, I don't want to start negatively because it truly is a great tool. So I guess let's refresh here. Pear Deck is a great add-on that you can integrate into Google Slides uh, that lets you check for understanding, uh, do 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 nows, warm-ups, brain starters, etc. And what makes it truly great, though, is the potential to do an entire lesson through Pear Deck because their premium version lets you see student responses and showcase those student exemplars that you see like in the moment. Uh, that's one of my go-to features because the kids love to see themselves getting shouted out. I mean, who doesn't like getting a shout-out for doing something right? <laughs> and I think showcasing student work is something we should all be doing and something that we should strive for all the time. Um, there are a lot of ways that we can use Pear Deck, including uh, doing short answers, critical thinking questions, multiple choice, and more. That's the great thing about Pear Deck. They've pretty much got something to meet all of your needs. Um, it's a tool you can do really a lot with. You just have to take this hashtag something tech and make it hashtag something you. Uh, lastly, on this subject, um, it helps that students can also keep printed versions of their submitted answers along with their slides because I know um, I do have a few students who are like, I, I need to have those notes. I just I need to have them with me. And I need to be able to annotate and also just write a summary of what we did today. And so we've wrapped up really a lot of the instructional stuff that we'll be discussing. I, I really should have said stuff. We need to find a better term for that. Um, now, we're moving towards our contemporary issue of the month. Uh, which is uh, Tequity. Now, given that I am not an expert in this subject, I will not behave as such. I am just going to give you a little bit of background info as to what we're talking about, and then you can reach out to me via our feedback form, or feel free to tweet your thoughts to me at uh, deanoftech-houtx on Twitter. And we will feature those thoughts in part two of our Contemporary Issue of the Month uh, segment. Uh, Techwity, first and foremost, is the fusion of the words uh, tech and equity. Uh, I'm going to give you the definition from as specific a source as possible so that we can kind of stay within those bounds. Uh, Techwity is defined by Remy Holden as practices at the classroom level that leverage learning technologies for more equitable and culturally responsive education. A special thanks to Noah Giesel, Geisel, please tell me if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, for having that sourced for us on Twitter. Uh, he posted that. Uh, thanks again. Now, moving on, I'll just give my quick thoughts on this, and I won't take up too much time because I really want to hear your thoughts. Uh, I think that technology in the classroom has the power to close gaps that exist in our students' academic progress. Um, however, understanding that access is a barrier <laughs> 
to technology, it's impossible for us to say that we, you know, have, a, oh, you know, we've achieved equity or, you know, we've achieved equity uh, at a national level, like let alone at a state or local level. Uh, Tequity is something that we're working towards every day uh, through, you know, maybe tequity based practices. We can ensure that our students have solid footing to proceed and not just to and through college, as we love to say, but to also go into a competitive workforce with, I would say, sharp wits um, and maybe importantly, more importantly, even a sharper sense of how to adapt because that's what they're learning. They're learning how to adapt to a new environment and choose just what exactly the skills are that they're going to bring with them. Uh, learning how to use these different applications and models and so on in a highly tech environment. Um, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, but uh, I want to hear from you, again, the audience. Uh, and I also want to hear from our special guest here in two weeks. Now we come to the uh, announcements section. Uh, December 3rd to the 9th marks the start of Hour of Code Week. And since I teach principles of information technology, and a lot of what I do is code and tech heavy, I felt that it was a great time to remind you. Uh, if you're looking for ideas to do an hour of code with your students, either during class or hosting an after-school program, I highly recommend that you check out code.org or go to the Hour of Code website for some amazing opportunities. Some of my favorite um, code.org activities that I'm going to be using for Hour of Code. Uh, there's one that has to do with uh, Wonder Woman and creating the commands for a Wonder Woman to jump over and attack uh, enemies in a game. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, Star Wars related uh, applications for code.org uh, Hour of Code. I really like Star Wars, y'all. So if you have any uh, Star Wars items that you'd be willing to uh, part with, uh, please send them my way. Uh, moving on, the ISTE Digital Leadership Summit is a little over a month away. Uh, it is January 18th to the 20th of 2019. Ooh, gosh, where did the time go? If you are interested, I suggest signing up soon. You can read more about it uh, on their website. The link is attached to our transcript and notes for this podcast. And uh, we love to give back to those who we know can make a difference. Uh, so at this time, I would love for you to go and show some love and support by donating to uh, either Girl Start, Black Girls Code, or a CompuDot, or all three, why not? Uh, each podcast, uh, we will try to feature at least three different organizations that have causes that align with our contemporary issue of the month. You're obviously not required to donate to these causes, but a little bit of help uh, does go a long way. Uh, of course, before we close out, this is just an FYI, like, we do love an active audience, and so we would love to hear your thoughts on the Contemporary Issue of the Month, or on anything else that you may have found interesting during our podcast. Um, that form is also attached uh, to our notes uh, for this podcast, 
Or again, you can tweet at me, Dean of Tech dash H-O-U-T-X, and I'll typically respond to you within uh, an hour. And uh, be sure to tune in in two weeks from now as we pick up with podcast two and talk to our guest speaker on our contemporary issue, Techwitty. And of course, we'll also be looking for responses and tweets uh, from you. Uh, she comes to us from CompuDot uh, itself. Uh, this is Miss Vanessa Perez Huerta. Uh, she'll be sharing her thoughts on the state of things with regards to Tequity and will be giving us the perspective from the outside, so to speak. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to try something tech and make it something new. Music.